Hello, everyone, and good morning, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started with some music while we uh, allow others online as well to join us on this rainy Sunday morning. Uh, we have a music from Norman Hutchins called Emmanuel. Anitra, good morning and thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you being here. Hey, Mr. Gaines, good morning. Delia, good morning. Thank you for being here. Blessings to you. Thank you so much for being here. It's that time of year. Amen. Amen. Angela, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Amen. And thanks to everyone here in church, our audience in church this morning. Hey, Bev, good morning. Blessings to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is a good morning. Just like I said earlier today, every day is an adventure. Amen. We're on the adventure together. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it very much. Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. Amen. We appreciate you being here. 
Everybody got your coffee ready to roll? I think we've learned here, if you want coffee, you bring your, <laughs> you bring it from home. <laughs> That's okay. It is delicious. <laughs> Appreciate you being here. We worship you. The Lord is worthy, worthy of our praise and worship. Ronnie, good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, good morning. Amen. was uh, Norman Hutchins um, leading a choir of people singing the song Emmanuel and we appreciate um, I guess that was done in 2018 we appreciate uh, the music provided this morning good morning Deneen hi thanks for joining us this morning we appreciate you being here um, we the song is appropriate certainly because it's talking about Jesus and we're going to be talking about Jesus a lot um, for the next few days because we are literally a week away from Christmas and um, that's what we want to recognize here. We, um, the message for today, uh, I'll be bringing the message for today it's, and the message is entitled, is entitled A Week Before Christmas. <laughs> that's an easy title to, to keep in mind. Uh, but we'll uh, be discussing that a little bit more later on today. For those of you who are online, you can see that message uh, actually pre-recorded. It'll be available, I believe, on the timeline here. Uh, if you're not coming to church in Akron, you can see that message pre-recorded uh, on the Akron Alliance Fellowship timeline at about 10.40 a.m. It'll be available for you to look at the pre-recorded version of that message. For those of you who prefer to watch the live version, we will be online here at about 11 o'clock um, for the live version of that message. The live version is typically a little bit different than the pre-recorded one, um, but just giving you a heads up with that. But um, it's really important for us to recognize at this time of year, it, it, it's very easy to get uh, lost in all the things that have to be done. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. We've got to prepare for this. We've got to prepare for that. And what often happens is that the meaning of Christmas is lost for a lot of people because they allow busyness to get in the way. We're going to have a conversation about that later today. And prayerfully, you'll be able to... Uh, see the message either online here or come to church in Akron and see it live if you're in the area as well too. Um, we want to also remind everyone online to please remember to pray about your tithes and offerings for the church. We uh, call that worship through giving and we want to remind people that it's available for you to do. Um, just uh, if you have a uh, questions about anything regarding giving, you certainly can send them to us and let the, we can address those issues. But if you want to mail your tithes and offerings, please do so to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you giving it prayerful consideration as always. And we just thank you again for being here this morning. We don't take it for granted. Um, we have mentioned in the past, not in any way puffing ourselves up or anything like that, but we do value Sunday school. We are online with Sunday school every Sunday in some way, shape, or form, and I've noticed that there are other churches that have actually started to catch on a little bit and see the importance of getting on with Sunday school, because the reality is is that some people just can't come to church, and they are not able to go, so we don't want to leave those individuals out and make sure that we are keeping them at the forefront of our thoughts and prayers as we uh, continue to preach and speak about God's Word. We are ready to get into Sunday school. We are going to be in the book of John. We're continuing in the study of John. And we're going to be focusing on one character uh, today, and that's going to be Jesus' appearance to Mary Magdalene. Okay, And um, that's going to be where the focus is today. And, of course, this is during the period of time when Jesus... Uh, 
uh, had was resurrected from the dead and he is now no longer in the tomb. And so we're going to see the response of one person who is going to be dialoguing with um, Jesus and with others as well too. And I want to emphasize something here about this because, again, we have the benefit of the total knowledge of what was going on with the resurrection. We have the word that we can rely upon and look at. The people that we're looking at here did not have that benefit. They didn't have that information. So a lot of this stuff was just happening at the moment. It was instantaneous. Um, The responses were there. And we're going to see some things here that are very important for us to look at when we compare it to how we are challenged in our faith. When Jesus says something and he says he's going to do something, he does it. But we also have to remember that sometimes we need to be reminded of what Jesus has said, but we have to see some things for ourselves to recognize, yes, he indeed was being true to his word. He was doing exactly what he was supposed to do. So I want to mention that as we get further into the study. So we appreciate you being here. God bless you. Uh, Thank you for being here as well, too. Um, For those of you here in, in church as well, thank you for coming out in all that rainy weather. It just keeps raining and raining, Um, uh, but we appreciate you doing so nonetheless because that's not a slam dunk. We want to give give acknowledgement to you as well, too, for being here. But we're going to read in John chapter 20, uh, verses 11 to 18. But let's go ahead and get into this lesson today with a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you for your presence this morning. And Lord, I pray now for the Spirit to provide us with wisdom and knowledge as we have this discussion of the verses that we're covering here regarding the resurrection and Mary Magdalene and looking at what is being said here. Lord, we pray now that you will speak to us. I pray, Lord, that the words that I use are not mine but yours. I want to communicate what you want to be communicated to those who are listening. And I thank you for your presence And I thank you for how you indeed respond when we call upon you. That's very important too. Lord, bless us and keep us as a people. Lord, help us to be mindful that this time of year is a time of year where we truly do want to recognize who you are and what you have done for us. And that we don't want to leave anything, uh, frankly, out when it comes to celebrating who you are. We want to make sure that we're acknowledging it. We give you thanks and praise, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 20. We are going to cover verses 11 to 18. Now, there's not a lot of passage here, and there are, but there are some things here to look at because we've got different um, aspects of communication that are taking place here. Of course, Mary Magdalene is the focus of this, uh, this particular lesson. And we have to recognize that Mary, it was interesting that Jesus first revealed himself by all accounts that we can look at here to Mary, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was the one who went to the tomb early with the purpose that she was going to the tomb for. We kind of discussed this last week was she was going to bring some more herbs um, and spices to uh, obviously put on Jesus's body. And here she discovers that he is not there. He is not where he, they left him. And that's the way we're approaching this. Remember, he's not where they left him. Nothing about the resurrection. Nothing about understanding that. Let's read the passage and then we'll go back over it together. Amen? John chapter 20, verse 11. Uh, this is the New Living Translation. Please follow along your version. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Verse 13, Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Verse 15, Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? (laughs) She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. 
Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Verse 17, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. All right, that's John chapter 20, verses 11 to 18. I want you to understand something about our walk of faith. And I think that that's one of the takeaways we have for today. It is ongoing, it is developing, and in that ongoing faith, there is a sense of discovery. We're discovering exactly where our faith is when it comes to believing the things that are seen and unseen. Seen and unseen. And Mary, we pick up with the, this particular story here where Mary is standing outside the tomb crying. She is weeping. She is despondent. She does not like the fact that she cannot find where Jesus is. He is not where they left him. He was buried in this tomb. Remember, she was able to look inside and take a look at what was happening here and see that he was gone. There's no comment about her looking at the folded garments. But we only have the encounter that we know about with these white-robed angels sitting in the tomb on one side of that platform and on the other side of the platform. Verse 12, She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. And so we, we come to the conclusion that Mary was one of the first people who appeared before the Lord. Um, it's been pointed out here that there were 11 different appearances before his ascension and three different ones um, after his ascension, but that's something that's further on down the line, obviously. But we also can surmise that Jesus did show himself often. Some of those may not have been recorded in Scripture, but that's kind of a conclusion we're making. One thing that Jesus wanted to make sure that took place was that he was available, he was visible, he was around, he was present. It wouldn't be much good if Jesus decided to only appear to Mary but not to the disciples because we're going to see that's going to happen later on as well too. The disciples had to see a living Jesus in order for them to be able to carry out their mission on earth. And, and honestly, Jesus and Mary had to also see him as well too. But Mary had to see him for a different reason. Mary had to see Jesus because it was a way to help her growing faith. She did not have complete understanding about what was going on. At first, she thought the body was moved. She thought somebody took the body. She thought someone had stolen the body. But we need to understand that this is what, this is what she thought at the time, but she had to see later, and we'll read this later, that that's, what taking, that's what's taking place. Here's something I want you to pay attention to for also as before we get back into the subject here. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 8. I want you to see something that's important for us to remember too. We sometimes second-guess ourselves when it comes to our faith, but I want you to look at what it says in Proverbs 8 verse 17. I want you to see how important it is about how God truly loves us when we go after Him, when we go looking for Him. Mary was doing just that. She was trying to find where was Jesus. Pardon me, where was she at? And yet here in, in Proverbs 8, verse 17, I want you to look at this very carefully. And this is what we need to always keep in mind. Verse 17, Proverbs 8. I love those who love me, and those who search for me find me. Mark that down. Those who search for me, search for Jesus, will find him. They're going to find him. You've got to go looking for him. You know, we have in Matthew 7, 7, ask, seek, and knock, right? Ask and 
and, and you know, and seek and knock, and you're going to discover where Jesus is. He's going to respond to you. But notice the action involved here. Asking, seeking, knocking. Going and searching for Him. Going and looking for Him. That's on us to do. We have to do that. And so we can look at Mary Magdalene here and look at what she was involved in. She's asking, where is Jesus? They've taken Him away, whoever they is. That's what it says in verse 13. Dear woman, why are you crying? These are the angels. Now notice that she doesn't really react to the fact that there are angels there. She is so upset that Jesus is missing, it doesn't really matter who she's talking to. Human beings are angels. Why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. Her heart is to look for Jesus until Jesus is found. And Jesus is now going to give her the courtesy because she is reflecting how much she loves Jesus. She wants to find him. He's going to respond. And that's kind of cool. It really is. By all accounts, he's the first one. She's the first one to encounter Jesus after the resurrection. And so she was weeping. She was upset. She was looking at the tomb. Well, verse 14, she turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Now, why is it that she doesn't recognize who Jesus is? Well, even in her effort to have faith, there was still an aspect of unbelief. Now, we, we have to recognize that we are guilty of this too. We can be also subject to unbelief. And we also have to recognize that even though we might be seeking, we might not be looking in the right place. Or we might be doing something that isn't going to necessarily help us to find Jesus. We have to recognize that we have to overcome unbelief. Unbelief is an issue. Unbelief was an issue for Zacharias when the angel told him that he was going to have a child, even though his wife had been barren. And Zacharias had to learn something from that unbelief. He had to remain blind for a period of time until such time then that God revealed to him. Of course, his name was John, the child that he would be father, the father to. But she is still, Mary Magdalene is still struggling with unbelief. In the same manner that Zacharias was. Now, Zacharias was a godly man. Zacharias knew the word. Zacharias even knew of probably the prophetic messages about Christ's coming. But when his encounter with the angel, and he recognized it was an angel too. Interesting how his response was a little bit different than when Mary was approached by the angel. Unbelief is what sometimes hampers us. Something that was said this morning was very interesting from um, Dr. Michael Yusuf. And he was talking about, a lot, of, a lot of the pastors right now on television are talking about uh, what it is to believe in Jesus and putting on the full armor of God. And that was the subject of his message too. But we got to understand something. We have to put on the armor of God for what? Protection against what? The devil, Satan. But we also need to recognize one other thing that he said, and I haven't forgotten this. He said, basically, sometimes the battle is right in here between our ears. And it is true. We, we can see, we can be having a, a, just a grand old time in life, but sometimes we just don't trust in Jesus as much as we should when it comes to certain things. And we have to recognize that we have to sometimes overcome our own aspects of unbelief. Can you think of times, maybe, in, maybe over the past week, two weeks, where you struggle with unbelief? Don't think too hard. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we all, because of our flesh, go through this. And it's important to acknowledge that. It's important for you to say, I need the help of Jesus to help me 
Lord, help me with my unbelief. Interesting, the scripture even points that out. Someone says, I want to believe. Help me with my unbelief. That's exactly what we should be doing. Mary struggled because she didn't believe. She didn't understand the words that Jesus had spoken, that he was going to rise on the third day. She automatically concluded someone stole the body. Someone moved him somewhere. Someone put him where he wasn't supposed to be. Which means she was already assuming, already assumed he was still dead. He was still dead. And I say this because we need to make sure that as we continue to challenge ourselves with unbelief, We also need to look at it from the eyes of a new believer or a person who's asking questions about Jesus. They're still trying to understand what we already understand. They're still trying to understand exactly what Jesus did for them as well as for us. And we want to recognize that Mary was still trying, still being challenged with unbelief. Now, that's going to change, obviously, the more that she sees here as we go through this passage. So, verse 14, let's go back again. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Verse 15, dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. I mean, even just reading those words, honestly, should make you rejoice. Because Jesus loves Mary Magdalene to the degree that he wanted to assuage whatever was going on in her mind, in her heart, because of how much he loved her as a person. He knew she was grieving. She's grieving. She's having a hard time. She's in a grief state. When someone dies, you grieve. You struggle with what happened. One minute a person's here, the next moment that person's gone. Remember this, and I'll mention this in the message today as well too. Remember this for this time of year for someone who's lost someone around this time of year. They always associate it usually with the time of year when it takes place. Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever it is. Anybody who's, it just seems like a lot of people pass in December. I don't know what it just seems that way. I'm sure it's balanced out throughout the entire 12 months, right? But the ones that hit home really are the ones where the people pass away in December, right around Christmas time. We've, we've had relatives do that too. Yeah. So we know. Um, and of course, Mary Magdalene is still gr- grieving. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? Now, Jesus knows where, who he's, she's looking for. But it's a way of introduction to get her to speak. She thought, she, was the, she thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. I'll go and get him. Well, that's how much she cares about Jesus. I'll go and get him. Tell me where you put him. I'll go get him. And, and that's something that we have to look at here because she is very focused on what she wants to do to rectify the fact that Jesus is not in the tomb. He belongs in the tomb. That's where he needs to be. I've got my herbs. I've got the stuff to, you know, to season, put stuff on him as well too. And that's where he needs to be. That's where he should be. I'll go and get him. And you have to understand something about this. She, as much as she doesn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, she loves him, cares about what happened to him, we, when we lose our relatives, we lose our loved ones, we care about them too. And one of the first things that we as believers should be thinking about is, that, was that person saved? That might be the first thing. You'll know either beyond a shadow of a doubt that person is, or you just have a question about it. 
Because we're concerned not just for that person, but we're concerned for that person's soul. She's weeping. She's upset. But she's scuffling with this belief. Let's get to the next passage. Verse 16. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. So now we see the kind of relationship that they have. Mary's the student. Jesus is the teacher. Jesus is teaching us. His Word teaches us constantly. We, we have to recognize that as we seek after Him, we have an ongoing sense of discovery as we grow our faith and develop our faith in who Jesus is. We are discovering. We are still learning about who Jesus is. It doesn't stop the moment you get saved. And goodness knows it shouldn't stop the moment you get saved. It needs to continue. It continues for life. It doesn't stop. We're still discovering who Jesus is. We're still fashioning in our own way of seeing Jesus who He is. Yes, we have the words of Scripture. Yes, we know what He did for us on the cross. But you better believe He's teaching you individually about who He is. Because we all have different things we've come through. We all have different things we've experienced. Everyone's not the same. We've all got stuff that we had to overcome from our past. Shoot, we've got stuff we're overcoming now. Amen? Yeah, that, thank you. You guys recognize we are all still dealing with stuff. But we should be reassured how Jesus will absolutely respond to you if you go after Him. Now, the challenge that most believers have, we don't go after Him the way we should. We don't stay in His Word. We don't read. We, don't, we, we think it's all going to come by osmosis. Well, just because Jesus is in the room, He's going to do something for us. No, you have to ask Him to help you. You have to ask Him about who He is. You have to talk to Him. You have to pray to Him. You have to speak to Him. And you need to be in His Word to be able to pray and speak effectively in this area. You can't do it very well if you don't know God's Word effectively. It's an ongoing lifetime process. Mary is showing you that this is a long-term process of getting to know. It's interesting how we have examples of people sitting at the feet of Jesus we read about it in Scripture. What do you think they're doing? They're paying attention to Him. They're sitting there. They're not on their iPhones or you know, texting people. We talk about people in Scripture. We're talking about folks who are paying attention. I've noticed that people have really poor attention spans today. I'm standing in line behind someone. It, you know, we had a, it was kind of a relatively long line, but I was able to almost do a psychological experiment. I'm saying, I'm going to wait. How many times is this person pick, going to touch her phone and try to either text someone or look at her phone just to get the sensual? And it must have been ten times. Ten times. Just standing, standing in line, waiting. Because we just are very poor now with our attention span. And I'm going to share this with you. Let's say it's no one online and no one in this audience here too. When a sermon takes place, how well are you paying attention to what's being said? God's Word's being preached. How well are you paying attention? I'm not saying that for my benefit. I'm just saying that we need to do a better job of paying attention sometimes. Now, that's on me to make sure, like when I'm speaking, that it's not boring, number one, because if it's boring, you're going to go to sleep. Right? Amen? If it's boring, you're going to go to sleep. And that's just the way it is. Right? I mean, people are tired. Sometimes people, you know, we have stuff we deal with. But if it's God's Word... Prayerfully, it's unboring or not boring. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, Jesus and Mary are having this one-on-one. And Mary is worshiping, cried out, Teacher, 
looking for instruction, looking for God's wisdom, looking for the wisdom of Jesus Christ. And that's how we need to act. We need to be crying out for wisdom. We need to be crying out. Some of us need to be crying out for God's mercy. Crying out for wisdom, crying out for forgiveness, crying out, crying out. Amen? If we have a relationship with Jesus, you know Jesus is going to call us on our behavior. If we're not living right, if we're not acting right, the Word challenges us to die to self. Give those transgressions, put those right before Him at His feet. One of the things that my, the app that I use, uh, Abide app, it, it always says at the same time, is there something in your heart right now that you need to give to Jesus? Something that you need to confess because if you don't confess it, guess what? You, you're, you're not really any better off than where you were before. You need to give those things to the Lord and ask Him for forgiveness. And He is faithful and just to do what? Forgive us from sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And another, I think the NLT actually uses the word wickedness. Because sometimes we live in a manner that is not righteous. Let's continue. Verse 17. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. She recognized the voice of Jesus immediately when Jesus said, Mary! For whatever reason, she didn't recognize him right away. Now, I'm going to leave that up to you to figure this out. When Jesus said, Dear woman, why are you crying? Back in verse 15. Who are you looking for? And she thought it was the gardener. It's interesting how Jesus reveals himself to us. We can be asking a question or, having, or seeking something, and then Jesus reveals himself to us later. Because that's the time for that he wants us to learn a lesson or learn something from the encounter. And that's very true here. How can he be the gardener at one moment and how can he be Jesus the next? Well, she thought he was the gardener. She was making assumptions. She was believing, well, she was in unbelief that if Jesus had risen from the dead. So it had to be somebody else. It couldn't have been Jesus until Jesus had to do what? Reveal himself to her. Reveal himself. Now, the Lord had told Mary not to touch him. And don't cling to me. Don't touch him. The word touch is haptomal. Haptomal, um, meaning to hold on. And that's the, that's the Greek word, haptomal, meaning to hold on. And notice that you'll notice later when we get to that part of the passage, when he has the encounter with the disciples, he told the disciples to touch him. Go ahead, Thomas. Touch my hands. Feel this over here by my side. Okay, so why was Mary told something a little different here? Well, the only thing we can surmise from this is that he had not ascended to the Father yet. He was fresh coming out of the grave. He had not ascended to the Father. So that was the reason that she shouldn't hold on to him. And this is a commentary. I have nothing more than this. J. Vernon McGee makes the comment, he ascended to his father probably after that encounter to do what? Go before the Lord, present the blood, sacrifice, show himself as being the one who was sacrificed, present the, uh, his blood at the throne of God, and his blood turned the judgment seat into the mercy seat which it is today. Because we're reminded that Jesus had to do what for the pay the penalty of sin? He had to shed his blood. It was a necessity. That's the way God had planned it. That's what had to take place. And that's what he did. He presented himself. The blood was shed for your sin, 
for my sin. It took care of all sin for all eternity. All eternity. It is an eternal testimony. We serve an eternal God. And Jesus has always existed. The uncreated Creator. That blood was shed on the cross at that moment in time for us, past, present, and future, and for all of mankind, whoever's lived. And that includes Adam and Eve. Everyone. As we have this discussion about what Jesus did for us on the cross and the resurrection, and the resurrection should not be just talked about during Easter. The resurrection is a year-round conversation of discovery. The more you learn about Jesus, the more you have this ongoing sense of discovery about who Jesus is and what he did. And notice that when he's talking, back in verse 17, he's talking to Mary. You're going to notice he's talking about how I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father. To my God and your God. What He did on the cross opened up the pathway for us to truly look to the Father as our true Father. Even though we are sinful people, that sin has been paid for through the blood of Christ. And we have to acknowledge that when we ask for forgiveness. And it's eternal. To my God and to your God. Jesus was obedient to the Father. He did what He needed to do to make sure that we would have a mercy seat <laughs> a mercy seat. We as believers, because we believe in Him, are not under condemnation anymore. We were under condemnation before we acknowledged who Jesus Christ was. We were under condemnation. All the more reason, as people come into our church and need to be discipled, don't assume someone is saved. We've been praying for people to have a heart for God to come in. A heart for God means you might have a heart for God, but you're not yet saved. Don't assume anything. Keep speaking to people about Jesus. Keep speaking to people about that truth. And we already know people in our own families who don't know Jesus. Amen? Amen? We know people in our own families who don't know the Lord. So there's going to be opportunities for conversation for some of us. Don't know the circumstances. Don't know how. You know, we don't really want it to be deathbed confessions, but it is what it is. Sometimes that's just the way it is because a person, if their unbelief keeps them in a place where they're not talking about Jesus, that may be a deathbed conversation. I hope it's not. And you know why I hope it's not too? Because... You know, it gets to the point where you really get tired about hearing people being saved by the smoke on their garments. You know, with getting into heaven without, you know, having flames of fire scorching them or something. That's just our imaginations going crazy. But we want people to enjoy a life in Christ and not waste any time. You can imagine how excited Mary was when she heard the words of Jesus. When she heard what was being said. And understand that grief, we'll just emphasize this one more time real quick. When we're grieving, sometimes we get blinded. Sometimes it's just very hard. We're grieving. And we have to frankly recognize even us as believers, we can't meet Christ until we discover that He is indeed alive. And why am I saying that? There are going to be times when Jesus is going to make Himself perfectly clear to you based upon your life and circumstances. Where yes, you know all about what Scripture says, you know what's going on, but Jesus has to speak to you personally. Do something in your life personally. 
to let you know that He is indeed there. Because that's how we are as human beings. We need to sometimes see something tangible. See Him do something tangible. And not just in the lives of others. I'm talking about your life. Your life. Why am I saying that? What does it say in Proverbs? Those who seek after Him, He's going to go after because He loves them. Those who are drawn to Him, He's going to show and reflect His love for you in some way, shape, or form. He's going to do it. He's going to make Himself evident. He is going to do something to, honestly, turn your tears to joy. Turn your tears to joy. This time of year, if you were celebrating Advent, you would be lighting a candle today to talk about the joy that you experience in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Joy. Because we know that He accomplished what He set out to do. He went to the cross for us. He shed His blood for us. He did all those things. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them His message that He hadn't yet ascended to the Father, but He was going to ascend to the Father. And when He did that, my Father and your Father, my God and your God. He is worthy of our praise for everything that He did for us. And He's still doing things for us. He's worthy of our praise. He is worthy of everything that we can come up with to praise Him. Songs, singing, praise songs, prayer. He's worthy of our praise for what He has done. He is alive. The tomb is empty. Are you filled with joy by the good news that He is not in a tomb? He's not in a grave. We don't, we don't worship or serve a dead Christ. He's alive. He came from the tomb. And remember, the stone was rolled away not because somebody had to let Him out because He was beating on the stone. The stone was rolled away for us to go and look and see that He was not in there. And remember, Mary... Looked inside, saw the two angels, but didn't recognize them as angels. Very interesting. Mary was hopelessly in sorrow. And when we get focused on some things, we, there are things that are very, very obvious to everybody else, but we won't see them. We will not see them. If there's something going on in our hearts and our minds where... We're focused on something. We want to get a resolution. We want to get something done. We want to accomplish something. And it might be very obvious to everybody else, but not to us. If we're focused, that was Mary Magdalene. That was absolutely Mary Magdalene. I would think if angels are talking to me, I'd recognize them. You would think. Especially if somebody's in white robes. Amen? But listen, if you're focused, you may not even see that. So I'm giving Mary a pass because, again, we have the benefit of knowing stuff that she didn't. And she was grieving, looking for Jesus. I don't know where he is. I'm going to have to find him. Tell me where you put him. Tell me where you laid him. Where was he moved to? I'll go get him. Sometimes when you go over passages like this, you see things a little bit differently when you look at the perspective of it. Because we have to sometimes put into it where we are emotionally too. What do we do when we have a situation like this? Where are we at? How are we feeling when we're grieving? How are we feeling when we have a focus and we don't see stuff in front of us that's very obvious? You get where I'm coming from? That's how we need to see this. But we come back to the fact that Mary had a, a bout with unbelief. But now she believes. 
I have seen the Lord. Interesting how Jesus reveals himself to Mary. And it's pointed out that sometimes women get a lot of authority for being evangelists. They will speak, they have this emotional thing that comes out of them when they are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is alive, Jesus is this, Jesus is doing all this in my life, and they're very eloquent with it. They're great evangelists. We could take a, men could take a page from how women respond sometimes. We could take a page and, and say, you know what? Maybe we need to be doing the same thing and speaking about the truth about Jesus Christ. My prayer is that as we look at this lesson and we recognize what's going on, that we truly acknowledge how Jesus loves us. We just have to seek Him. We just have to call out for Him. He will respond. And the one thing we have to avoid doing, don't respond the way you think Jesus had answered the question. You respond and let Him speak to you exactly what you need to hear. And listen to Him. Because we can do that too. We can twist things around and say, well, Jesus told me this. Did He really tell you that? Did Jesus say that to you? We can fashion our own answers to the prayer. That's not a relationship. You listen to your friends. You listen to people who have something to look out for you about. You don't ignore them. Don't ignore Jesus. Listen to what He's saying to you. That's my prayer for everyone. He loves us. He wants what's best for us. Do we want what's best for us? Listen to what He has to say. Amen? Lord, thank You for this time that we've gone through Your Word and looked at what Mary Magdalene went through when she discovered that Jesus was missing. And Lord, we certainly can relate to the emotional upheaval that takes place in a situation like that. But we also recognize that there was an aspect of unbelief in what was taking place. It wasn't until Jesus showed Himself to her that she believed, that she recognized what was going on, that she even remembered the words about Him leaving and coming back again. We thank You, Lord, for the teaching. We thank You for Your presence this morning. We thank You for how You indeed show us the importance of continuing to grow and develop our faith. Because we ain't got it all together yet. We have much more we need to do. And Lord, when we look into You face to face, we'll recognize we never did have it all together. It's all because of You that we have this wonderful relationship with You. We thank You, Lord, for the teachings that take place. Bless us and keep us, Lord. We ask all these things now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We appreciate you being here this morning for another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. God bless you and take care of yourselves. And uh, stay tuned online for those of you who are not coming to Akron. We will have a message a week before Christmas available online on the timeline here. And also stay tuned if you want to see the live version in church. We'll be here at about 11 o'clock. Thank you. Take care of yourselves. God bless you. And we will see you next time.